You slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in a premeditated fashion than in our pews because you've stayed up too late or whatever. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Now you'll miss out on some fun stuff like intergenerational community and the blessing and challenges that that is. You'll you'll miss out on, on some music, especially this time of year with the Christmas carols. And you'll miss out on some treats after church, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts. We're not homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. And for those of you who have been asking, harbinger means like forerunners, front runners, and the hom- leaders of a new movement. And homiletical talks about preaching. And it's, yeah, homiletical means homily p- preaching related. So we're not like preaching professors by any stretch of the imagination. We are your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working, or perhaps you've moved away from your beloved community in Reno, Hmm. or maybe you're just sleeping in, like our podcast title suggests, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Every episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday. So put your ear pods in your ear holes and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. We're presenting these ideas, these things that we're thinking about, and and we actually don't think you're that you have to agree with everything we say. You probably will, though. We're pretty smart. We're pretty smart. But we do encourage you to think and to disagree and to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope in the midst of all of that is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So on Sunday, I promised my congregation up front that I would not do any Star Wars spoilers. Oh, Which okay, was difficult. Because you've just seen it. I had seen it the night before, and there were so many points of connection between what happens in the movie and what we're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. and I got really excited. And so my thing was, I, I wouldn't talk about anything that was in the new movie. But you could use the old movies? But I could talk about what everything that people would know in old movies, or even if they hadn't seen a movie, things that they should have absorbed by osmosis from, from the popular culture. culture. Okay. So, during Children's Moment, we talked about the Force. The Force. What is the Force? And my favorite answer, which was also the first answer, (laughs) was the thing that you use to make people do things they don't want to do. (laughs) That's accurate, but perhaps limited. Limited. Let's uh, let's keep going. What else is the Force? And then my favorite, Miles, says, well, actually, it's... (laughs) And he gave this perfect definition of the force. It's the energy that's between all people and all things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, buddy, that's yeah. it. That's better than I would have said it. It's the energy that's between all people and all things. And I said, yeah, so sometimes people can find ways to sort of tap into that and harness that to, to make things happen. But for the most part, it's just something that is. And, the, you know, of course, the new movie is about the force, but also... We all believe that there's this energy that moves in the world between all people and all things and that it's loving and positive and good. And what do we call that? Mm-hmm. And they all kind of looked around at each other and they were like, God? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> they like, did the, we're in church. What? That the answer should be should God or Jesus. Yeah. So they said God. And I said, yeah. So we believe that God is this loving force in the world that moves through us. Uh, when we're open to it, when we can t- sort of tap into the force, but it requires practice, right? Are Jedi's Jedi's right away? And they said, no. And I said, you have to do training, right? So, to, so we have to practice so that 
we can be aware of this love in the world and then we can reflect it. And I said, now with the force, uh, are there, there are ways to get the things that you need, right? And I said, yeah, there's ways that you can do that. And I said, cool. Uh, when you pray to God, do you always get an immediate answer? Do you always get exactly what you need? And they all thought about that for a second. And I said, probably not, right? I said, but I have this toy. And I brought out my pink crushed velvet Jesus statuette. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which also happens to have the same device that's in a magic eight ball in the base. And so it answers prayer. So if you can think of a prayer, then this pink crushed velvet Jesus will answer your prayer. And so I asked the kids if there were things that they wanted to pray about. And one of the kids wanted to know if he was going to have pizza for lunch. <laughs> and uh, so we did, we prayed to the to the, the Jesus doll <laughs> and turned it over and it said, I would. <laughs> Jesus is all about pizza for lunch. And then somebody else asked if they were going to get what they wanted for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Jesus responded, let me ask my dad. <laughs> And then one kid, he couldn't really formulate a question. His name is EJ, and he's just a little guy. And uh, he just held up the balloon that he had with him. Mm. And so he was just, he wanted to know about his balloon. And I said, so you want to ask Jesus about your balloon? And he got this big smile on his face, and he nodded. And I said, okay. And so we turned turned over the Jesus statuette, and it said, hallelujah. (laughs) And he got, his eyes got so So big, and he was so happy. And I said, now, do you guys think that God is actually answering your prayers through this Jesus statue? And they're like, no. And I was like, yeah. Sometimes we ask for things and God answers in a totally different way. And that happens in Star Wars too. Sometimes you see that people are asking for help. And what they often want is they want to win. Mm. But where help comes from is not often through winning that there's usually that people have to make a sacrifice or people have to be able to be brave enough mm-hmm. to, to try and make a change. I said, so this force moves, but it moves through people and that you know we can't always expect that god's going to show up exactly the way we want and that's advent it's us practicing noticing it's us in training to be jedi we have to practice and notice Mm -hmm. where god is really answering our prayers because it might not be what we would want immediately and they all thought that was pretty cool and then they went off to Sunday school and I made the adults do the real sermon. <laughs> and the real sermon was around Psalm 126. Psalm, of course, being a song or poems yeah. uh, that we've collected uh, over the millennia. And Psalm 126 is called a psalm, a song of ascents, mm-hmm. as in... Something the, you sing as you go up. As you go up. And so that might be a song that they sang on the way into Jerusalem, which was on a hill, mm-hmm. or on the way into the temple, which was upstairs. Yes. But it was a song that they would have sung to prepare themselves to enter a holy place. And so we sing it in Advent as we are preparing to witness, of course, the birth of the Christ child in our midst. Yes. So this is Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion which is a way of saying the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So it's this psalm about remembering the things that the God, that God has done mm-hmm. 
And then saying, hey, God, do that again. Hey, God, <laughs> please, do remember, please. Remember that time when it was awesome? Because you do that you again. Do that again? Yeah. you do that again? And I love it. Um, but what's there, there's a lot of fascinating things about this. This, As we prepare our hearts, we remember the things that God has done that were joyful, mm-hmm. that that filled us with dreams and, and with laughter. And, and made the world bigger. I say, if you want to remember where God has been in your life, think of the last time you laughed until your belly hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe God was there. Maybe. You know, maybe God was there. And so I, then I got into Hebrew grammar. I said, it's a very short sermon, so you have to put up with grammar today. It's just one of those things. Um, and there, there's this flip right in the middle of the psalm where it changes from, hey, remember how God did all these awesome things? And then it turns into, hey, God, do that again. Mm-hmm. So it says, restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev. I said, we're going to look at this verse real quick because it's, it's important. Yeah. And the temporal, which means time-related, right. right? The time-related grammar of Hebrew... It's fascinating because it's it doesn't translate to English. Right. In English, we have past, past tense and present past tense, tense and future tense, and we have conditional tense, which is like, well, maybe. Right. right. And we have those in Spanish and French and German. But we don't have this kind but of... But we don't have this particular temporal sense of grammar, which is God has restored, God is restoring, Sorry, God will, will restore, restore all at the same time. And that's a fascinating thing because that's a really central... Concept. Concept in the Christian faith, especially. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, 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 in the Jewish, Jewish faith but, as well. Yeah. Like the name of God right. is not I am. The name of God is I was and I yeah, am and I will, will be. be. Right. Like that. it's it's the sense of being right. um, that matters. And so this restore word has that mm, That's beautiful. That that's beautiful. So like God has made us laugh. God is making us laugh. laugh. God will, will make us laugh. And so be ready. Be ready. Right. Be prepared even when things are sad and sorrowful, even when you are in the midst of toil, because yeah. God is present and that will mean joy. Yeah. Um, and that means joy for us even now. And then they he compares it to like the streams in the Negev, the Negev being the desert. Right. Right. And so we live almost we live in, in the, the desert. We live in the rain shadow of the mountains yes. and right past us is the desert. And so we understand that there's a long period of the year where there's not enough water. And then there's this one period of the year where there's too much yes. water. And so when uh, when Babylon invaded mm-hmm. and took away all of the sort of the wealthy elite of right. the yeah. country, there was this other group of people called the Nabataeans who fled Babylon into the Negev Desert. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they were able to survive in the midst of this dryness, in the midst of this desert, was that they figured out how to expertly utilize the wet season. Mm-hmm. So they figured out how to use the the excess water, the flood water, mm-hmm. to water their crops mm-hmm. that would be watered long enough that it would continue yeah. like for the whole season was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they figured out how to store water. Right. They figured out how to use these cisterns to store water mm-hmm. for drinking and, uh, and to do that. And so because they were able to do this, they literally considered the streams that flow through the Negev which are dry most of the year, they called the lifeblood. Right. And it is what fed the civilization. And so right. this this community, this nation was able to grow up in the Negev because people were able to say, we know there's going to be dry spells and we know there's going to be floods. Right. And we need to figure out how to utilize those floods to get us through the dry spells. And it's sort of like that with us and joy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they're saying, restore our fortunes, God. Like, do the work that gives us joy. Because we know that like this lifeblood in the Negev, like this water in the desert, it will give us life all year long. Yeah. 
that we have to find a way to, to store it really, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to store it and then to let it kind of be doled out throughout the year to give us, to sustain us. Right. And so we sort of talked about in all of our lives, joy has happened and it will it happen. Happened. And if right now you're in a place where it feels like it's not to recognize that God is still working, right? that God has not given up. God has been at work and God will work still like lifeblood, like water, like laughter. We will make it through. Yeah. And that will be okay. So as we are preparing our hearts, as we're preparing our hearts for worship, as we're preparing our hearts for Christmas, as we are preparing our hearts to notice where the force is moving in the world, world. as we are in training, how have you recognized where Christ is being born? And that might look like, where have you experienced hope? Where have you experienced love? Where have mm-hmm. you experienced joy? Yeah. Where have you experienced peace? That might be where God is being born even among you. And then I listed off some of our kind of local things that mattered to our community, which aren't going to matter to anybody listening to this, that were kind of places where I had seen joy. And and one moment was our carolers had gone out the week Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. and they'd gone to visit a woman who had stopped coming to the eight o'clock service because she's getting older and she was, she was convinced she was getting frailer. She gave up her driver's license. She doesn't get up in the morning as early anymore. We still have her seat reserved in her pew, but she's told us, give it away. Let somebody <laughs> else sit in my seat. Um, but we miss her. We right. miss her. We miss her. And we went to go carol at her house. And I don't think that she realized how much we cared about her until mm. we showed up. Yeah. And when we showed up and we were singing, like there was not a dry eye. Yeah. We were weeping as we we're singing jingle bells, you know, like <laughs> we just... Just the... The, just the pure the, joy of the being, being with this... reunited mm-hmm. together was powerful and people who didn't know her from Adam felt that too and it was this kind of sustaining force for Mm -hmm. us and so we were able to go back to the 815 service and say oh my gosh we got to see Alice and she's wonderful and she misses us and we miss her and isn't that great and maybe we'll be able to do that more often that we can all so we'll go have church at Alice's house there's only 10 of us at the 815 service 1520 at the most you know let's go hang out with Alice and they've all decided yeah we're gonna do that at some point we're gonna (laughs) take communion to Alice and just hang out at her house So I told her, expect it. It's going to happen. (laughs) And there are these moments of joy. And I said, you know, we go through dry spells. But this morning, we had the cantata on Sunday, the choral cantata. And so it's 20, 20, 25 minutes Mm -hmm. of just pure music that was written specifically around this season Mm -hmm. uh, for this purpose. And we had all these extra musicians in the church. We had people playing the violin and the viola and the bass. We had people, uh, we had soloists who weren't, aren't normally with us, who were amazing soloists who were singing uh, with us. It was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was all in German. I didn't understand any of it, but it's music. So you sort of begin to think that maybe you almost understand German. Yeah. Uh, but it was just gorgeous. I said, friends, this morning it's going to pour down. Mm. And I encourage you to just soak lap it. it up. Just lap it up. Enjoy this moment, this pure beauty that you are about to experience. Because we all know that, you know, it's not always going to be like this. Right. And it's important for us to hold on to it. But it's also important for us to practice. Yeah. Because God is at work and has been at work and will be at work. Yes. And will you notice? And that was the sermon. Very cool. Yeah, there was more. It was very amorphous sermon. It changed a lot between eight fifteen and ten well, o'clock. I mean, Not intentionally. It just, just did context. Yeah, right? context and kids and the force and Jesus. Pink crush velvet Jesus. Everybody who left the church, by the way, to greet me after the service, made the petted force. Jesus. They couldn't oh. believe this pink crushed velvet <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. They all wanted to pet Jesus, and so everybody came by and just like stroked Jesus's hair. 
It was very funny. <laughs> or his feet. It was yes. very, like, people chose different parts of the statuette to kind of feel, but they all wanted to. That's so funny. That's and so as funny. people were leaving, so I was, I was asking the grown-ups, you know, you can be a little bit more irreverent with them. And I said, you know, do you have a prayer? And they were all like, well, the Packers are playing. You know, and so, like, shaking up this Jesus prayer doll and flipping it over. And somebody said, are the Packers going to win? And uh, I flipped it over and it was like one of the more judgmental responses oh. from Jesus. It was something like, um, I-, I died for this. You know, one of those things. And, the, and everybody, like, everybody's like their eyes popped open because the, none of the kids got a sarcastic response, you know, but they all got the sarcastic responses. So anyway, so I hope you find ways to have joy, Amen. even if they're not, you know, just be silly. Be silly. Just be silly. Yeah. I think God likes joy. I think God does. So anyway, so that was the sermon. Very good. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you've got questions or comments or stories that you'd like to discuss with us or tell us about, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. I also invite you to find our our blog, our sundaymorningsleepin.com, where there's often some links to things we've mentioned or those kinds of things. Um, there will and, be a link today to the pink crush velvet Jesus okay. that you can purchase for your very own. There you go. There you go. Scripture for this podcast is Psalm 126, and the theme music you hear, you are hearing is "Take Me Higher" by Jazzer. It's traditional at the end of a worship service or the end of a podcast to deliver a blessing, some wise words that make everybody just a little bit more Jedi. <laughs> and so uh, we leave you with this idea: the idea that the God who created laughter, who restores fortunes, the God who cares about what you're going through and wants you to feel joy and peace and hope and love that God who invented all the best things in the world thought the world needed one of you too and that you uh, just as you are blessed by the world around you you can bless the world around you so whatever you think about Psalm 126 and Babylon and streams in the desert whatever you think about how God works in the world the question is how will you work in the world How will you choose to live into your own skin this week? How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? How will you find joy? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. Amen. 